In this third session on Ephesians 1, 1 and 2, we pause over the phrase, by the will of God. That may seem to have an obvious meaning, but if you don't make a distinction between two kinds of use of this term, will of God, in the Bible, there will be much confusion in your mind about how God actually works. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. Does that mean God commanded Paul to be an apostle, and thus the will of command was all there was to it? Or does it mean God himself undertook in sovereign action to make Paul an apostle, and thus we would call that something like the will of, let's call it decree, will of command and will of decree. So we're going to step back and take a few minutes and see whether these are wider biblical categories, or am I just making that up out of my own head? Is there a real biblical distinction between when God simply uh, makes known what he uh, commands and other times where he not only commands but brings about the will of decree, which is, and which is it here, and what difference does it make? So, Father, as we try to understand the Bible as it talks about your will, Grant us to be submissive to your will and to go with the teaching and to be heartened and strengthened and encouraged by it. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's go first to Ephesians. Just drop down a couple of verses. 1-5. He predestined us, God predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. So predestined according to the purpose of his will. So this is a will that happened in causing God to do something before we even existed, as we'll see later on. So this is not the will of command addressed to us. This is God's intention, his plan, his purpose, which he achieves quite apart from whether we agree to anything or not. Predestined. Here's another one. Here's chapter 1, verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So here the will of God emerges from God's divine intra-Trinitarian counsel, causing him to work all things. So this is, this is the will of decree. God does all things according to the counsel, all things according to the counsel of his will. Nothing is frustrated in God's will. God's will brings about all things that he intends to bring about. Here's Romans 9.19. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault for who can resist his will? So in the context, 
God has shown that his will is, in fact, irresistible in one sense. And so this objector is raising the question, well, why does he still find fault? Well, all I'm pointing out is this is reality. There is a will of decree that cannot be successfully resisted. Here's Acts 18.21. On taking leave of them, he said, I will return to you if God wills. I'll be back if God wills, meaning if God decides that I get back. Not if God commands that I get back, but if he wills in the sense of decreeing and bringing about that I come back. Two more texts on the will of decree, and this one is stunning. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, this is James 4, Today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town. We will, oh yeah, we presume we know what we're going to do tomorrow. Spend a year there, trade, make a profit. You do not know what tomorrow will bring. You don't know. You can't talk like that. Only God can talk like that. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say... So what should you stay instead of saying, we're going to go to such and such a town and spend a year there? You ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live. You'll be alive tomorrow morning if the Lord wills. You'll do this little thing or that little thing tomorrow if the Lord wills. That's why I say this is such an amazing text, because this or that covers everything. Life is given by God's will. Doing this or doing that, if you do anything, God has willed it, and that's why you can do it, and that's why you should say if before you do anything. This is the will of decree. There's no question about your disobeying it. It's done to you and for you, not commanded of you. One more. Isaiah 46, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there's none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, period. It's going to stand. Nobody can stop it. And I will accomplish all my purpose. You cannot thwart the purpose, the, the uh, counsel that is the will of God's decree. So that's the first meaning of will of God. By the will of God. Which is it here? What is he saying? Here's the, is this the will of decree here in Ephesians 1? Or, here's another batch of texts. John seven seventeen. If anyone's will, anyone's will, yours or mine, is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking on my own authority. God's will here is God's commands. Ten commandments and everything else that he told us to do. Love your neighbors yourself. If your will is in sync with God's revealed will, let's call this the will of command. This is God's commandments here. Here's John 9, 31. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. That doesn't mean does everything that God 
plans to happen in the universe. That means does what God commands to be done. God's will. Here's 1 Thessalonians 4.3. For this is the will of God. What is the will of God? The first batch of texts we looked at said everything is the will of God. He does all that he pleases. What is it here? This is the will of God, your sanctification. God commands you to be holy. That's his will. His will of command. Or 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. His will, his command is that we be thankful. If we're not thankful, that will doesn't happen. That is, the command isn't fulfilled. What about over in Ephesians? Chapter 5, verse 5, 6, verse 5. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by way of eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. So the command is obey, obey. Do that will of God. If they don't do it, this will of God doesn't happen. The commands are not fulfilled, but we're to do the commands of God from the heart. Which leaves the question from chapter 1, Paul, an apostle, by the will of God, is which of these is it? Is will of God here the will of decree or the will of, of command? It's not simply that God commanded Paul, or that Jesus Christ commanded Paul to become an apostle. He made him an apostle in a sovereign way. Here's just one illustration of that sovereign way from Galatians 1. When he who had set me apart before I was born, he didn't ask Paul about that. He chose Paul he ordained Paul, he planned Paul, he willed Paul to be an apostle before Paul was born and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult anyone. So he, he was obedient to the heavenly vision, but that was all planned and effected before Paul was born. It was sure. Why does this make a difference? Two things. One, if we don't know the difference between the will of decree and the will of command, then every time we see the will of command frustrated in the Bible, we'll think that the will of God can be frustrated and that he's really not sovereign. He's really not in control. He really can't bring about his purposes because we haven't made the distinction between the two uses. This use can be frustrated by man. This use can't. This is decree. It always comes to pass. This is commanded. It is sometimes broken. If you don't know the difference, you'll be endlessly confused when you see certain things absolutely called the will of God, and they, they cannot feel, fail, and other things called the will of God which do fail. And the other reason why it really matters is because now we know that this man, 
who is about to talk to us in six chapters of glorious, exalted, amazing truth is put in the position of an authoritative apostle by a sovereign work of God. And we should bow before the God of this sovereignty, and we should listen to his authorized spokesman.